authenticity and spiritual alignment, Mitesh Kapadia's journey to reclaim power. Join Mitesh Kapadia, former Goldman Sachs executive turned coach, as he shares his transformation towards spiritual alignment and authenticity. Learn about his shift from people-pleasing to self-rule, fear-driven to heart-led decisions, and the life-changing events that woke him up to his true path. Discover how living in nature has influenced his journey and how he helps others find their spiritual alignment. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Let me share a little bit more about the guests that we have here today. Mitesh Kapadia, former Goldman Sachs executive turned speaker and coach, is devoted to empowering individuals through effective communication. With over 15 years of experience, he has trained leaders at prominent companies like Apple, Salesforce, and Microsoft promoting authentic communication and self-reflection in corporate settings. Mitesh's unique approach fosters inside-out leadership using his journey of overcoming low self-esteem as a teaching tool. He resides with his family and two dogs in Tahoe National Forest, drawing inspiration from nature. His mantra, when you embody your leadership, you inspire others to access their authentic leader within. Please help me welcome Mitesh. Thank you, April. So glad to be here today. And thank you for, for having me here today. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you on the Wellness Driven Life Show. I'm excited to talk about your journey and your story. And it's really this human engagement with life. And when we start to realize and understand that things aren't working out. And then we have the choice to go in whatever direction we choose to. And you really wanted to go deeply into a different aspect, a different world against the grain, against societal standards. And so I'm so thrilled to bring this into the show today. Let's start by letting the audience know a little bit more about you. Well, thank you, April. Yes, it's for the last 15 years, I've devoted my life to, to really helping people work through their emotional and mental challenges, whether it's speaking in front of an audience or whether it's just being a better leader within their organization. That's really been my goal, but I, I've started out as an engineer and you know worked on Wall Street for a while. And that brought a good sense of just the, the corporate environment, what people are going through, the struggles that they're, they're working through. And then, I decided one day that, hey, yoga seems to be a, a calling for me. And so there was a part of me that just said, all right, I'm going to start teaching yoga for a bit. And, hmm. you know, when I went through that journey, I found that, you know, physical well-being is one thing, but there's so much more that's going on in the mental and emotional space that it led me hmm. to this coaching element and, and really working with people to lift themselves up in that space. Yeah. Well, you know, yoga is one of those practices where we, I mean, first off, of course, it's great for us physically stretching, moving the breath work that it brings, but it also brings us a little closer to that spiritual side of being within us. Yeah. And, and that's the beauty of what I find in yoga is that there's so much more to it than just the physical postures. And through my own practice, that's what brought me to this place of, hey, it's helping me on many different levels. Not just I feel better in my body, but mentally I'm a bit more clear, I'm feeling emotionally at peace. And 
I'm not reacting to a lot of circumstances that I would have been reacting to earlier. And it wasn't by design. It's just the way the practice is. It brought me to that place naturally. Well, you mentioned something, a word reacting. And, you know, it's it's that place to where we are. We come to a point in life where that's what we do, right? We react because of our circumstances and we shift blame and the thoughts of, you know, all of this is happening to me and not for me. And so we react in such a way that really is also that that headbutting in life. The energies are not flowing fluidly, naturally, and in our best interest. Yeah, and... I find that often we are by default in survival mode. We just need to protect ourselves, protect our identity. And when we are in that mode, it's very easy to react to things because that's our go-to process. So, I mean, just take it for example, if, you know, when I, when I was younger, my way of protecting myself was not to speak because <laughs> You know, if something happened to me and if I said something, I felt I would get in trouble. And so for me, that was my reaction for so many years of, hey, if something happens to me, I'm just going to be quiet. I'm not going to say anything. And that's just for me. But I know for so many people, it's a different reaction. For some people, it's, you know, physical violence that they go to as a reaction or they they yell or they express something or... Mm. So many different ways we have these reactions that we don't even consciously think about, but it just happens that if, if this input comes in, this trigger comes in, this reaction is going to happen. So Mitesh, you, you talked about how your journey into yoga and discovering that was, was that the main thing that really helped teach you uh, a different way of responding when life happens? It was one of the parts of it. So, you know, with the yoga practice, it's a lot of it is just internal awareness. You know, it starts out with your how your muscles are positioned, how your body's positioned, how your breath coordinates with the body movement. So that it that initial piece of just connecting the breath and the body together just allowed me to have that internal awareness. And then when you develop that, all of a sudden you start to peel the layers and see, oh, okay, there's more mm. elements involved. Uh, the emotions and how I can feel them, even in a particular pose, or why a certain thing that just happened to me before the class or before my session, how that's impacting me on the mat. And just that self-awareness, that introspection brought forth, yeah, a lot of that, that discovery for me. So you have a series of events that happen in life, but now you're starting to have that self-reflection, that internal understanding of different ways of responding when things happen. And you, you've you mentioned before that there was an event that happened that caused you to really think differently and truly change the trajectory of your life. Yeah, earlier last year, I had experienced a, an assault and, you know, we were in Santa Cruz, California, and, you know, it was a situation where, you know, my, my family and I, we were just having a, a time to spend at the beach and in Santa Cruz, there's a beautiful boardwalk where they have rides and attractions. And so it was the four of us, my, my wife, Shakti and my, my two kids, my nine-year-old and seven-year-old. And then we had our two dogs as well. But the, the dogs are not allowed on the boardwalk. And so we made the decision that my wife would go with our kids and she'd go onto the boardwalk and I'd hang out with the dogs because we didn't have a, a, a place to have them hang out in that short amount of time. So I went and did my thing. And at one point, my... I had a conversation with my wife over the phone and said, okay, I'll pick up some food for us you know, on our way back. And so I ended up going to pick up some Thai food. And as I was going to pick up Thai food, I put the order in and I'm just a foodie at heart. So then I ended up 
seeing a, a falafel place right before the Thai food place. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go to the falafel place as well and pick mm. up a falafel for me. And, you know, as I was working through the, the falafel and just enjoying that meal by myself, I see this gentleman walk by on the street, you know, a nicely dressed with a black jacket. And I was like, oh, okay. And just, just, you know, you just observe and notice while you're eating. And then I got back into my car and went, you know, five minutes passed and I went to pick up the Thai food. And then as I'm driving down, it was about a like half mile down the road. I see the gentleman again in pulling out from a, just walking out from a gas station. And then I walked, I parked at the Thai food place. And the minute I got out of my car, I see the gentleman again. And this time it was, he comes up to me and just point blank says, give me your car or I'm going to kill you. And in that moment, I had, I just froze. I didn't know what to do. I had no idea if he had a weapon. I had no idea if he had anything, uh, how serious he was about this. And for me, I just took it as, wait, wait, what? And I just kind of froze in that moment. And then by the second time he said it, he said, you know, give me your car. He ended up punching me and assaulting me right on my face. And this, then I realized, okay, it was serious. And so we struggled and we battled for a little bit. And he realized that, you know, he didn't knock me down and I was still pretty much aware. So it took him a little bit of a moment to kind of reorient himself. And then he said, all right. I don't know why he said this, but he said, hey, I just need a ride. Can you give me a ride? And I was thinking, that's not how you ask for a ride, buddy. And, uh, <laughs> no. and I told him that. I was like, it's not how you ask for a ride. I was just, I don't know what to do. And I just simply was trying to react in whatever way I could. And, uh, but I had my dogs in the car. And so mm. by the time I got and opened up the trunk, you know, we did wrestle for a little bit before he realized, oh, okay, there's, there's, there's dogs here. And, you know, that, and they kind of scared him away for a bit. And as I mentioned earlier, just a few minutes ago, that my natural response has always been to not talk about things. You know, if something was in this light, something painful happened. And this is from when I was a kid. And I thought, my initial reaction was, all right, let's just do the same thing. I'm not going to talk about it. I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, the, by this time, the, the Thai food, uh, Thai restaurant, there's a, a person who had seen the incident and she called in the police. And I said, don't worry about it. I'm just going to leave. And I left the crime scene. And I thought to myself, all right, I'll be fine. I'll be okay. I'm okay. Like I was physically, it seemed everything was okay. So I was like, all right, I'm fine. And then I left. And within three blocks, I saw this gentleman again and then something snapped in me at that point. And I said, I can't have this happen to anybody else or I can't be quiet about this because if I hold this in, just like I have been for so many, many years, it's going to eventually come back and bite me and, and break me in some way. So I went back to the crime scene and he then the police were there by that time and i gave a description and said that gentleman over there you'll see three blocks down the road he's wearing this and you'll see him and they were pretty quick to to catch up to him because there was a, a bunch of squad cars at that point and this was the first time that i actually opened up about something happening to me mm. and it felt so freeing for me yeah and not only did I just speak to the police officer, I spoke to the person who was at the Thai restaurant. I spoke to my wife afterwards, spoke to my kids on our drive back. And they were totally cool with it in terms of like just acknowledging where I was, what I felt. And, and we had a legitimate conversation with, an, I had a, you know, with my nine-year-old and seven-year-old. And I talked to my coach afterwards. I just talked to so many people afterwards. And every time I did it, it freed me. I was allowed, allowing myself to really not hold in these emotions. And it just allowed me to recognize, be self-aware of, you know, for all these years that I held in my pain and suppressed it, it 
was it didn't do me any good. And this freeing of it, this different experience, it was just a, a, a very different experience for me to, to share something and to actually be open about it and transparent about it. Mm. And that had this big aha for me as, wow, there's power in being able to express our painful moments. There's power in being able to just find peace in, yeah. in that process. And, you know, I mean, I teach and work with folks all the time on how to have conversations, difficult conversations with their managers and, you know, working through different scenarios. But this really hit home for me and said, wow, okay, there's, there's more to it than, than just following a certain process. This really just coming back to what's true for you finding your truth in a moment and being able to express that, that is fully redeeming for somebody. And it was for me. Mitesh, that was amazing to share that with us. Thank you so much. That's an extremely vulnerable place to be. As you very well know, when we share those challenging times that we experience in life. It's not easy because we have the opinion that somebody is going to look at us in a different way or not being accepted. You know, they say public speaking is one of the greatest fears that we experience as human beings. And a lot of it is that fear of not being accepted into the community, into the embrace of the, the community that we have and we share. And so there's that immense sense of vulnerability and fear, but also the bravery that comes with that in doing so and the freedom that you're describing that you experience once doing so. And the powerful thing behind that is when we do that, when we share our stories and our experiences, the, the people that we share that with are able to say, me too, because we that's how we relate as human beings. That's how we hold space for one another. That's how we inspire and we grow. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is, you know, as, as a man, I was always told that, you know, you have to be strong and, and not to cry and not to have this sort of reaction to things. And in this experience, I was able to cry. I was able to, after I shared my, my experience with the police officers back on the drive back to the boardwalk to pick up my family, I was, I was a mess. I was crying in the whole, the whole journey into in, in driving that. And I probably hadn't cried in, in more than a decade before that. Like, mm. It just is not my go-to mode of operation for expressing that type my emotions in that way, but it was freeing, you know, you know, I'd rather have tears than have something happen later on where, you know, just by suppressing it and, and, and having pushing down these emotions and layer by layer and layer, I mean, in the yoga system is there's something beautiful that they, they talk about is that ailments and disease don't start from the physical place. It starts from the mental and emotional realm. Mm -hmm. So the more we disregard our mental space, our mental well-being, our emotional well-being, it may not show up in that moment, but over the course of many years of just keep suppressing and piling down, it's going to show up and manifest as different ailments, as different, you know, could be heart attack, could be some sort of, you know, blood pressure issue or whatever it is, it's going to manifest in your body. But when you allow that freedom for yourself, you know, I, I'd much rather choose tears than, than a heart attack down the road. And for me, that was the big moment of awakening of like, ah, these tears are helping me to release. These tears are really helping me to cleanse yeah. and let out versus to push down. Well, I greatly appreciate that you bring that up because that is also what I like to present on the show is that 
you know, especially someone who's lived with an autoimmune disease my whole life. And you start to see uh, the the commonalities, the things that happen throughout life. And when you have triggers and you have flare-ups, it's all tied to the most stressful times in life and stress is tied to emotion. And so if we have that understanding that everything is truly based on the emotional response and then the body keeps reliving that with our thoughts and our memories, then if we have that understanding, we get to learn how we can avoid that and start moving forward. And what you're saying is that a great way of doing that is by releasing those emotions to allowing ourselves to cry and to really experience and live in that feeling for a time being in order to move past it. Yeah. And not that the incident was by any means acceptable. Like, like for me, for that person, I would never wish this on anybody. Uh, but I'm at a place of peace now through that. And in a way that, you know, I'm not condoning the, the actions of this, this person. And I'm sure he's going to be serving his own time in, in, uh, in, in jail and things like that. But I, I really saw it as a gift afterwards. Like I no longer saw it as a, for me, as being a victim in that process. And I can imagine that if I hadn't opened up that I would be, I, I may not have spoken about that to anybody, even to my wife or to my kids, I would have just kept it inside and said, you know, as if nothing happened, mm -hmm. but it would have kept eating up inside of me. And, you know, but now I'm at a place where I don't even think about the incident in a negative way where, Hey, I was a victim or I was, you know, assaulted or, or like poor me type of thing. But I look, I really look at it as, wow, this opened up a place to find my own power, uh, to step beyond the reactions and respond to an incident with my true strength and what was what I'm truly aligned with. And, and that's why this was such a, a eye-opening experience for me. Oh, it's beautiful. Again, Matish, thank you so much for sharing that vulnerable experience with us, that story. It's very empowering for those who listen to it. And we're going to go into a brief commercial. And when we get back, I'm so thrilled to hear about the things that you have really transitioned into from that experience and all of the ways that you're helping others to move fully into their authenticity. Stay tuned. Are you ready to take control of your ride to wellness? Rev up with Driven Living. Visit www.drivenliving.com and buckle up for a journey. Get exclusive access to our Wellness Driven Life Show guest portal, where you can dive deep into the minds of our esteemed guests. Sign up for our newsletter and get insider scoops on these distinguished personalities. It's like having a backstage pass to their life-changing wisdom. But that's not all. You'll also receive a free hug. You heard me right, a free hug. An enlightening ebook from the Driven Living team Discover the science-backed benefits of hugging yourself. It's a fill-up for your wellness tank. Because at Driven Living, we believe in fueling your journey to wellness, both physically and psychologically. So what are you waiting for? Visit www.drivenliving.com today. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back. And so, Mitesh, you had given such an inspiring story, a very raw account of something that nobody wants to experience. And yet, 
Oftentimes we do have these difficult times that really shake us into, again, having a choice on how we want to move forward with life. And in, are we really living our authentic selves? It forces us to ask certain questions and go into a different depth of ourselves. And so this definitely did that for you as it would for many, many people. And you made a choice to go about life in a different way, to start thinking about things differently, responding differently, leaving the Wall Street position and moving into a different experience. You also talk about, and I have this in my notes because I think it's a really uh, beautiful way of saying, but you wanted to create your reality versus living someone else's dream. And I bring that up because when we talk about living someone else's dream or societal standards, I would love for you to enhance on that. Yes. Thank you for, for sharing that because this is just through my own experience. And I know a lot of people, as I speak to and work with as clients, they often get into roles or they get into a place in life where is what everybody expects from them and not necessarily what they truly desire. And as a result, they feel stuck. As a result, they feel like, oh, like just the pressure and the stress of to make things work because of what everybody else wants them to do. And this is certainly my journey. And would love to hear from you as well. Not, but for, for me, it was like, I went and became an engineer, not because I really wanted to, but it just felt like, all right, I'm good at math. I'm good at science. I'm, you know, and everybody thinks I can be an engineer. So I'll be an engineer. And I ended up going to engineering school and, and I, and I got through it fine, but it wasn't really the calling. And, you know, I even started working afterwards and thought, okay, maybe it's just, the school, you know, when I get into the working world, I'll, I'll recognize and, you know, things will be okay. And even as I was working and, you know, had a good experience, but it wasn't the experience. It wasn't the thing that was truly calling me. And so at that point, I, you know, I had been learning yoga for a while and I had been learning and, you know, in the background and, and I just, people would ask me, can you teach me a little bit about yoga? Can you, you know, show us a class in here and there? And so I started doing that on the side and started teaching on the side and realized that, hey, that, this was more of a energizing thing for me than anything else. And so I started to recognize that it's not about what others are wanting from you and kind of meeting those check marks, but it's really, can you follow your own excitement? Can you follow mm -hmm. your own passion? Can you follow your own guidance from within? And that is what spiritual alignment is all about is really mm. coming back to you mm. so that when you make a decision and choice, it's coming from the internal thumbs up and heck yeah, versus, <laughs> oh, I'm going to impress that person or I'm going to, you know, really live that person's dream and, and you know, and fulfill that because that, that can be a slippery road where you go down into a, mm. the world of people pleasing and all that kind of stuff that goes in after that. It definitely can lead you to that slippery slope of ple people pleasing, right? And, but I really like how you described it the excitement, follow the excitement within. And I think that as we, we move throughout life, when we experience moments that are either challenging and difficult, it's it's kind of our soul trying to redirect and and recorrect where it is that we're supposed to be in order to gain that alignment that we so seek and you know tell me what your your thoughts are as well but you know you had your your example was that when you were doing the yoga and then people started asking you, Hey, can you, can you teach me? Can, and I think it's those little things, those little moments that start to pop up where it's giving you evidence of mm. this might be the right direction. Yeah. And the beauty of the way that I see life is that you can get it wrong. You know, even if you decide to go against what mm. your thing is, you know, life will show you experiences 
you know, even when I made the choice, hey, I'm going to go into the the professional setting and, and you know, do my job and, and work on Wall Street for a bit, you know, other things came up, like people started asking me and I couldn't have anticipated that, but it just happened. And then it made me introspect and, and ask myself and question myself, okay, what is most important to me? What is most exciting to me? And even if I had not gone and I continued to do my my role in Manhattan, it's likely that a couple of years down the line, something else would have popped up and, and said, hey, Mitash, okay, you made the choice at that point, but here's something else that can lead you. So I feel like there's always the universe co-creating with, with you and with us that even if you choose to go in one direction, it'll say, okay, here, look at this. See if it comes back. See if you can come back to yourself. See if you can come back to what's really within within you. Mm. And, and even the incident that happened to me in Santa Cruz was was more of like a awakening in a way that hey, this can allow you to see your your true power. You can you can recognize even though it was a painful experience, I had to go through that to to really open myself up to hey, Mitesh, look at this you can, you can, there's a lot more you can access for yourself through mm. any of these experiences. And that is the best way to look at it too. There's something freeing about that when we say you're not going to do life wrong and whatever we experience is what we experience. And it's based on how we uh, respond, how we perceive it, and that's going to make it maybe a little easier, right? And at the same time, when you look at your experiences as lessons for ways to grow and expand in new ways, then it, it turns it into a blessing in disguise. And that's a difficult place for a lot of people to get to where we have things that happen and it's, it's hard and it's difficult. And it, especially in the moment and in those, all of those feelings, right. Where we're having a very difficult time being able to move out of those feelings and into a higher vibration. But yet when we look at it in the blessing, like, thank you for this happening to me in order for my my soul, myself to grow and expand based on that experience, it turns it into a different perspective. Yes. And, and that's the, that's the key. Like you, you just, I feel like you nailed it there is that, you know, life is always working for you, not necessarily for your, for your comfort, but it's working for you. <laughs> you know, it, it could, yeah. you'll get a lot of uncomfortable situations. A lot of people I think missed you know, look at it in a way that, well, how is life working for me? I'm I'm in this miserable place, and I'm, you know, my boss is like this, or you know, I have this relationship that's just not working out, or, you know, look at my my situation. I I don't have enough money in my bank account, or whatever that is, and, you know, it's not meant to be comfortable, but it is meant the way that life works out. It's meant for you to go through those experiences so that you can find yourself you can find what is true for you you can find and and when you do that you find a lot more peace in in that process and that's what i feel like is if you just give it a chance and if you just allow yourself to come from that place of gratitude and mm. acceptance and appreciation around okay Yes, it may not be exactly what I want in life right now, but I see where life is taking me. I see that there yeah. is so much to appreciate already. And that can be the stepping stone for, for moving forward. Absolutely. So you have been leading and guiding other people into understanding this, experiencing this, embodying this for themselves on their own journeys. And so how have you gone about doing that? What are you doing now in the world? So right now I, I work with folks who specifically are in leadership positions and when they are trying to move up in the organization, for some reason, a lot of resistance comes up because the same things that many of us experience is that, Hey, I'm not being noticed or I'm not being seen or that, you know, I'm not in my full power. I, I really want to step into my power so that I can be a better leader. 
And it's the same themes that that keep us in that spot. And for most folks, when I when I look at and acknowledge where they are, the biggest roadblock is they start to do things that other people expect from them and wanting to meet a certain standard and wanting to meet whatever in their mind feels like, okay, is, this is where I need to meet. But the moment you come back to yourself, the moment you come back to your values and, and your truth, you will show up as a leader. You will show up as a more of an authentic leader rather than trying to look at that person saying, all right, I'm going to model my life like so-and-so person because they do it so well, but that's not maybe your, your path. It may not be your calling, but mm. come back to you and you'll recognize there is so much more. So you're, you're talking a lot about like this an internal compass that we all have and we all, you know, can utilize and tap into the intuition, so to speak, you know, that higher self that, that we can really begin to listen to. How do you guide people into that? How do you yourself practice that where we can come back to ourselves and be able to listen and what does that feel like and sound like when you get to that point? Yeah, the listening is the hardest part because we have so many different voices that are playing out at any given time. And I call it the, the voices in our head where, you know, let's say you're looking to accomplish a, a task. Let's say if you wanted to, to start, for me, like, you know, climbing a mountain. And I've never climbed a mountain before. So a lot of the, the doubts come in my head. Oh, can I do it? Will I be able to do it? I've not done this before. Uh, so there's, there's that doubting mind. And then there's the other voice that comes in where it's like, uh, you know, you can't do this. You're not good enough to do this. And that might come from people that we've grown up with or our own internal response that we've given ourselves when we were growing up. And so we're working against a lot of these, these voices and the way that you can distinguish what's yours and what's not yours is by how it feels. And if it feels disempowering, it's not yours. If it feels like it's helping you to come back to your power, come back to your strength, it's likely that it's coming from, from you. And that's the, the, the basic, simplistic way of looking at it is use your emotions as a, or the, the way that you feel about something as the guiding compass. And, you know, if it doesn't feel good, if it feels like it's coming from a place of fear, if it feels like it's taking you down a, a road of grief or, or shame or doubt, then it's likely that's not yours. Mm. And I love how you describe it that way. I've heard it said in basically that same way, said differently, if it feels lighter, if it feels heavier, but yeah, absolutely. If it feels good and it's energy lifting, then you're, you're likely going in the right direction of, of where you want to be more aligned and, and which is more of your values and that internal compass. Yeah. And, and the, the trick with, with this is that, people will feel that you will feel it internally, but then those other voices will come back in and saying, Oh no, you can't have that. Or, Oh no, this is too much for you. Or, Oh no. Mm -hmm. And so the doubt, and then so people, then most folks, it's just that, that self-awareness practice of, can I sustain that, that voice and, and keep tuning into that because the more you keep tuning into that voice and anchor mm -hmm. on that and remember that and remind yourself of that, it will, help you get through the doubts. It'll help you to get through the, the other voices that are always trying to, to bring you down. Now, this is a, a practice if people aren't familiar with. Can, it takes time, right? So what did it look like for you in the beginning? How did you start learning and guiding? Like you said, there's all those voices that continue to come and you have to just keep coming back and getting on course again, right? To, to kind of keep those out in order to be more centered and aware in order to listen. What does it, what did it look like for you in the very beginning when you started? 
started doing that and what techniques did you do? Did you, did you sit with yourself? You talk about nature a lot. Was it being out in nature? Was that something that helped aided you in listening? Yeah. I, I think the, the best part of finding a, your, your solution around this is can you sit with yourself and accept all the voices that are there? And so for me, it was rather than trying to push away, you know, anytime you try to push against something that's, that's kind of pushing against you, it's going to feel like a struggle and it's going to keep persisting. It's going to keep showing itself up. But the moment you come with, from a place of acceptance and saying, oh, hey, I see you, then that pushing doesn't happen anymore. And so what I mean by this is that let's say you're constantly battling a, a belief about yourself that might be a limiting belief or negative belief or whatever that is. And the minute that you accept it and saying, I see, I see this coming up for me. I see that it's, it's showing up in my reality. That's the first place to begin. And you're not pushing against it. You're accepting it. And then you decide to choose how to listen to this other voice and really tune in. So for me, yes, being in nature is certainly helpful. Finding a quiet space, having your own practice. It doesn't even have to be meditation or yoga or any, any of that, but what can you, like for me, initially it was skiing. I enjoyed skiing. And when I was in that process mm -hmm. of just going down the hill, there was this moment and just feeling of Zen for me. And so I would visualize often in my, for myself, like, all right, if I'm having this rough patch, put myself back on the mountain and just allow myself to feel that skiing experience. And mm. it would bring me to a place of neutrality. And that's the thing, like not, there's not good or bad, but it just this middle place. And when you can find that middle place, you can start to objectively look at, all right, what's, what thoughts are coming, what, what's interfering here, or what wants to creep into my mind space. And it is a practice. It does take some time to adjust to and learn. And, but it is, it is the whole experience of learning about yourself, of all the things that are creating this reality for you, because we see it in a, a certain way. We see life from a certain lens. I always look, I give this example that, you know, how we see things is just a perspective. You know, I can be here and looking at it from this direction and feeling a certain way. And then I can position myself here and looking at the same thing. The thing is the same, but my perspective is different. And how I feel about it now is very different than how I felt about it over here. And that's the, mm -hmm. that's the thing. Everything in our life is neutral. We assign meaning to it and mm. we just have to get ourselves in a perspective that allows us to move forward and really expand versus that contraction. And the contraction is okay too. Everything serves a purpose, but yeah. being aware of it, recognizing it, and then orienting yourself accordingly. Uh, I really like how you did that. It's not pushing away. It's recognizing, it's accepting, it's the awareness. And like you said, we are the ones who give everything meaning. And so therefore it is the meaning that we assign to it and the perspective that we build around that. And so how do we want to to perceive the things that are happening in life, the experiences that we have. Now, you and your wife have moved out of the city. You are now residing in this beautiful nature, right? And you also are hosting retreats. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I'm excited to know. Yeah, so we had, uh, just a quick backstory about this. We had yoga centers in the Bay Area, right around, so we started one before the pandemic around 2018. And we had acquired another one in the Bay Area two months before the pandemic hit. So January of 2020, where uh, we had acquired, we were excited about it. And then all of a sudden the pandemic hit and everything just shut down. So we literally had to close down our shop and 
we recognized that we didn't need to be in the Bay Area anymore. And so we left and found a spot in Tahoe National Forest. We're about we're on 320 acres of land where literally it's just pristine forest. And mm-hmm. it's it's been scary. I was, you know, when my, my wife Shakti first showed me the listing, I was like, are you nuts? There's no way that I would want to live here. First of all, it's away from groceries and conveniences and everything. And I was like, yeah, this is just a ridiculous to be even thinking about this property. And then she's like, oh, just come check it out. It'll be okay. And, you know, she had a heart. She's very intuitive. And so she she had a feeling about it. And I was like, all right, let's just at least go see it. And, you know, I, I was like, all right, I'm going to do this check mark to make this person happy. <laughs> and I ended up liking the property. We, I ended up taking a hike up uh, on the property and on, the, on our visit. And it was such a just, I can hear the sound of silence, which was what I truly appreciated. And every day now I go up with our dogs, take a hike, meditate, and really just sit with nature, really just, you might have, you may have heard it, heard the practice of grounding, you know, really just connecting with the earth and mm-hmm. having that practice. So it's been really peaceful and not even just with that, but there's a way that connecting with nature of not from a place of fear. So, I mean, there's bears, there's mountain lions, there's rattlesnakes on our, on our property. And that was the initial fear, but I'm recognizing that nothing shows up in your reality unless you're ready for it. Mm. And I mean, I've seen rattlesnakes on our property and with a, a sense of that initial fear, like, oh no, but coming back to a place of reverence and saying, okay, this animal is showing up for a reason. It's showing up for a certain purpose and not for me to immediately have this reaction and try to go kill it but mm-hmm. it shows up and then it goes away. Other mm-hmm. animals have, have shown up and then they go away, but it's not coming from a place of fear. It's a come, like a mutual respect that we all have. <laughs> it, it's just weird, but it, it's so empowering because unless you give yourself a chance to accept that, all right, I'm here. Nothing, you know, if I'm mm-hmm. meant to have something experienced, it's going to happen. If yeah. I'm not meant to experience something, it's not going to happen for me. And that's the way I look at it. And so we really haven't had anything that that has been troubling for us. I mean, we've had storms and winter storms and blizzards and things like that. But aside from that, it's been very healing. And yeah, we we are we've had smaller retreats so far and really working through people and helping them through some of their, once again, those emotional, mental challenges, helping people come back to themselves and through different practices. And we are looking to continue to build and expand what we have here so that we can have uh, longer retreats and then you know, allow people to, to really enjoy this, this land that we have, which full of rivers, yeah. creeks, uh, there's some uh, beautiful, patches and hikes and it's just very very scenic here sounds like a horrible place to live <laughs> yeah, and it's- uh, wonderful and you know that is nature is one of the the best places to do any sort of healing and what a beautiful practice that you have where you go out on a hike bring the dogs and you meditate and so bringing people to that space that you have you're right that you have all this incredible land where people can also heal as well and just surround themselves and forest bathe. I think that's a term that some people use. And the grounding techniques, we partner with Clint Ober's earthing products. And, you know, no, there's no better way than to literally put your feet on the ground to recharge because we're energetic beings and that's how we recharge our batteries. And now there's science to prove that. And it's such an incredible thing. So when we do that, it, it is, it's essential in order for our overall well-being to really continue to move forward in our daily lives and give the best that we have. Yeah, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you, April, for 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 just noticing that. And, and it's it is 
that connection with nature that I wasn't expecting to be so powerful and mm. and really life-changing for me. It took a lot of trust. It took a lot of working through my own fears, my own insecurities, and it just awareness of can you, you know, my ancestors lived like this. What what makes me different? You know, why why am I afraid of living out in the nature when people have been doing this for millennia? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mitesh, it's been amazing to have you on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Thank you so much for, again, sharing that very vulnerable story and how you've really transitioned into a, a, a brighter being and leading others to do so. Thank you so much. Is there anything else that you want to share on the Wellness Driven Life Show today? Well, thank you, April. And I think just the last bit that I'd like to share for folks is you know, you can't, like I said, you can't get it wrong. And, you know, if you're in a place where it's tough, you're, you know, a lot of people right now are struggling in so many different ways, whether it's finances, health, emotion, mentally, that it's just a place that you are in right now. And when you give yourself a chance to go internally, whether with a coach, whether with a, uh, an expert or whoever that, that can be a support system in your life, reach out to people, allow yourself to share your message, share your pain, share your experience, because that will, first of all, be freeing for you. And then secondly, it gives the opportunity for others to, to really help you navigate through those tough situations. So you're not there alone. And that's what I want to highlight for folks is don't take it on alone because the more you take it on alone, the more you, suppress and repress things within you, the more painful the journey is going to be. And give yourself that freedom to open up and allow help and support to come into your life by sharing your experiences. Awesome. Yes, absolutely. And we, when we do that, it just empowers us so much more. And it's like that domino effect of how it radiates through to everyone else around us. And so again, thank you so much for sharing your story, inspiring us to share our own stories. And I want to make sure that everyone knows where to find you. The website has been here on the screen a few times throughout. So for those of you visually watching in, the website is www.spiritualalignment.com. And for those of you tuning in, in the audio world, we always have this in the show notes. In the description below, you will find our guest's information on how to contact them. Check out his website. He's got some beautiful things there. The nature retreats, the coaching, the one-on-ones, etc. Be sure to check it out. It's beautifully done. And so again, thank you so much for sharing. And thank you so much to our audience for being here. Without you, the show wouldn't be possible. So goodbye for now, and we will see you next time.